So this morning, by God's grace, we want to continue what we started last week. And uh, by the grace of God, I just want to quickly remind you, just as you saw in the video, that com- this coming Saturday, we will be gathering together. If I'm correct, the time advertised is what time? What time? Ah, thank you. At least one person was watching the time. <laughs> the time is 11 a.m., and we are believing God that we will do exactly what God will have us do. As time goes on, we are believing God as a church that this will not just be a one-time thing that we'll do during the year. The Bible rightly says it that, according to James in chapter 2, it says, when your brother or sister is destitute of food and you just tell them to go, he says, then your faith is not complete. My prayer is that our faith will be complete in Jesus' name. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Now, I am one of those people that whenever I read these days in the King James, I have a tradition now of making sure that I read as many translations as I can. Because you find out that the language of the world has changed but the word of God remains the same. And so sometimes you have to look for other translations to bring out the meaning of what you are trying to say. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. Now, if you remember, according to King James, it says, for all the what? The promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. Now, if you tell that to a 15-year-old boy, he probably not completely understand what you are trying to say. And so I am going to get the multimedia team to show us what does it say. Okay, this is the NLT, right? It says, for all of God's promises have been what? Fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. For all the promises, is it that they are going to be fulfilled? No. They have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our what? Amen. Amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Are we together? Now, that tells you that these promises are already settled and done with. Because when you read, and I think sometimes that is the challenge with translations, because when you read, when it says, for all the promises of God in him are yea, which means in him are yes, and in him are amen, it gives the impression sometimes as if it's still going to happen. But what he's saying here is that as many promises that God made through him and for him, they are already fulfilled. And so your salvation is already done. Amen? Your healing is already done. Your prosperity is already done. But then people then ask, 
If it is done, then why are we not where where are we where we are? And that is where then you need to understand that whenever God gives a promise, there are two parties to the promise. And the two parties are God and me. Say to yourself, God and me. Because the promise of God is unto you and unto your children and to everyone else that God will call. And so the promises are general, but the promises are also what? Individualized. Good. Now, last week, we started by saying that a promise is a guarantee that God gives that something will happen. And I remember saying that the only person that can change that promise is you. For example, the Bible says that God does not want the death of a sinner, but that how many? All should come to repentance. Does that mean that hell will be empty? Not necessarily. But it means that according to scripture, but as many as then received the promise, then it gave them power to become the sons of God. So the promise is for me, the promise is for you, but me and you have something to do with it. Now, we also mentioned that there was one life-changing promise that God gave through the prophets that is fulfilled and that we celebrate every single year. And that is the promise of the birth of his son to do what no one else was qualified to do. Now, we can argue that Christmas has been commercialized, it has been what, but let me tell you the truth. Either commercialized, either whatever, everybody is helping you to celebrate what you are not celebrating properly. In fact, it is interesting that even among Christians, we disagree on how to celebrate Christmas. But the world has decided that if you guys don't know how to celebrate, we know how to celebrate. Amen? And so Christmas is a time that is not for Christians. It's not for anybody in every, any other religion. It is for the whole world. Good. So we, we remember that. Thank you for that. Now, we mentioned some few things and said that Christmas normally, that there are, there are about four benefits. And we talked about hope. We talked about peace. We talked about love. And we talked about joy. So that's we have established. I gave you last week eight different points ranging from A, B, C, D, E, F, and G of the steps that I believe by the grace of God whenever you hear a promise what you need to do. I need to mention that you don't need to go through all the steps to receive every promise. Are we together? There are some promises that you just stop at accepting, acknowledging, and admitting the promise, and it is done. I will give you one or two examples. Sometimes it is a little bit easier to give an example of what was not. In the book of, I think it was 2 Kings chapter 7, the Bible says that Elisha was sitting in his home and the king basically said that it's God that is causing this problem and Elisha said, no, by this time tomorrow for your information, 
things will turn around. Now there was somebody there that said, even if God opened the windows of heaven, that this thing cannot be. Thank you. That even if God were to open the windows of heaven, that these things cannot be. In your opinion, did he accept the word of God? What did he do? Openly, he rejected the word of God. And Elisha said, well, for your information, you will see it happening. But you won't partake of it. Fast forward, the Bible says that the king said, let us go and see. And so they sent and they saw and everybody started rushing. I mean, if you, if you don't know what it looks like, put on your TV and ty- or type in the word looting in, on, on your web browser when you see people going into stores and picking anything that they want when there's riot. Of course, then the king appointed him and said, you, <laughs> there's a way things work. You will be the one stopping them from looting. And the Bible says, as they were looting, they trampled upon him and he died. And then the Bible records and that everything happened exactly the way Elisha said it to happen. Brethren, if you don't understand something, please, please, please don't argue with it. Because it is possible for you to be in a place where blessings are flowing, but you are left out. Are we together? That is one example. So that is an example of somebody that refused to acknowledge, admit, or accept. Number two, we said that when you do that, then you believe what you are told. After all, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, it says, believe in the God your God and you will be what? Secured. You'll be able to stand firm. It said, believe in his prophets and you'll prosper. For your information, Genesis chapter 6, God went to Noah and said, Mr. Noah, I am going to wipe out the world. Mr. Noah could not have imagined what that meant. But because God said it, what did he do? He believed it. And he began to build an ark when there was no rain. Now, some of you would think it's something easy to build an ark when there's no rain. Let me give you what it looks like. Have you imagined yourself in July if God were to tell you where your coat today is going to snow? You know how ridiculous it will be. When you get outside and they say, why are you wearing your coat? You know, they say, snow is coming. They say, don't you know it's July? They say, but snow is coming. Because God told me that snow is coming. Now, imagine if God told you then that you should be wearing that coat every single day of July. Some of you will begin to use wisdom. You say, don't worry God, I will leave it in the car so that they won't laugh at me. But the Bible says concerning him that he believed God. Then I want you to also then understand it is possible to believe and still yet not receive the promise. Second Kings again, I think it was chapter 7, the Bible talks about a man called Naaman. Naaman was approached by a young girl 
and say, ah, this leprosy you have is nothing compared to what I have seen and I've heard that the man of God in can do. And so he believed it. He accepted it. And then he told his own king. And the king said, no problem, go there. He actually took a letter, read the chapter. He took a lot of gifts and he left. Did he accept the testimony? He did. Did he believe that he could be healed? He did. Right? Good. Now this is where I'm going to focus on today. The Bible says when he got to the man of God, the man of God behaved completely different from his expectation. Does that happen in churches or not? Oh, it does. Oh, pastor, I thought the prayer was supposed to be for 45 minutes so that we know we really prayed. But God told your pastor to pray for 30 seconds. And so you leave there and say, pastor didn't believe in my problem. The Bible says, Elisha told him, he said, go and wash in the river. And I like the fact that he told him to wash in the dirtiest river. I like that too. And so the man went away and he said, ah. he said, first of all, I thought he would come outside. He will put his hand, he will call upon his God. And then he said, by the way, even if he didn't do that, couldn't I have gone to Jordan? Couldn't I have gone to some of the other better rivers? How come is that river, that chocolate river, the one that is dirty that I have to go to? And the Bible says he began to go away. When he was going away, was he well? No. No. But then pray that you have good companion. Amen. Some of the people then told him that, sir, if he had told you to do something strange, something difficult, would you do it? When some people come to church, you say, this is the what you need to do. They say, it is so, it's simple. But somebody else will tell you to go and carry something and go to the four-way stop. Uh, you think because that one is difficult, it, it works. Uh, brethren, simple things work. Faith is when you understand what you have been told and you are ready to work for it. Let me say that again. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 that now faith is the evidence of the substance of things hoped for, right? The evidence of things not yet seen. Now, what does that mean? That means that when you believe it is the first step in your faith, it is not the last step. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. When you, in fact, Whenever you say you have faith, it is because you are getting to a stage that your actions are not aligned with your faith. If your actions align with your faith, you don't need to tell anybody that you have faith. Are we together? When God says something, remember the deed that I put there, I said, what do you do? You do it. If it is going to take you psyching yourself, that's what we call it. If it's going to take you psyching yourself, because the Bible tells us the story, I think it's in Matthew chapter 9, about a woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says, for she kept saying to herself, if only I can touch the head of this guy. Did she stop by saying, no. I don't have time to tell you how much risk she took by coming out 
of uncleanliness to where people were to touch. Because according to law, she was not supposed to be around anybody. But then she took a risk. I want you to write it down. Number one, faith will always involve a risk. It will always. And there's nothing you can do about it. Faith will always involve a risk. And I want you to write out, if possible, in capital letters. It will always involve a risk. Number two, faith is not trying to get God to do what you think he should do. Because sometimes that's what we do. We say, God, why don't you do it this way? Number three, faith is not trying to get God to support your own way. That's what Nehemiah was trying to do. Why didn't God just do this? Number four, faith is not trying to get God to do something at your own convenience. The Bible says our God is in the heavens. How does he do? He does as he wishes. Even you, even those of us that are parents, and if you are not a parent, those of us that are children, when you tell your father, I need a bicycle, do you dictate the time he buys the bicycle? But yet, we want to dictate to God when he does what we want. Number what now? Number five. Right? Faith entails simple actions. Faith entails simple actions. Number six. Faith is the bedrock of a good testimony. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2, it says, by it they received a good testimony. A good, uh, some translation put a good reputation. Oh, you want a good testimony? If you have ever heard of a good testimony, it is because somebody exercised their faith. Oh, you can look for a job all you want till tomorrow. If you don't put action to it, there will be no job. You can tell me that oh, after one of your friends, it was while they were at home that they brought job to them. Tell them to tell you the full story. I know somebody that while the person was doing PhD, jobs were waiting. The person was not sitting at home watching TV and doing Facebook. The person was doing something in line with what they were praying for. Number what now? Number seven. Faith means that you approach God with an open mind. I like the prayer in Acts chapter 9. Apostle Paul says, what will you have me do? I am open to anything. And then at the end, he gave the testimony. He said, oh, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. That is faith. And then number eight, before I move on, lives and sees the answer. That is what faith is. 
Faith lives, is alive, and he sees the answer. I want to show you some few things. And so I want everybody to please pick their Bible. Because this is one of those ones that the more examples I give you, the better it will be for you. The Bible says that Apostle Paul says, he said, for me to repeat myself over and over and over again. He said, it's not tedious. He said, but for you, it is safe. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, if you have a highlighter, this might be a good time to highlight some things. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, you will look at verse 1 to 3. That is the definition of faith and all those things and God is... And we are being introduced. Now, when you get to verse 4, it said, by faith, Abel did what? Offered. Now, what I'm going to do is to show you the actions that show that you have faith. Are, you, are we together? Faith is only in actions. And that's why when you get to James chapter 2, it said, faith without works is what? Can something dead bring out something living? So if you know that something dead cannot bring out something living, it means that your faith must be perfected by your works. In fact, it is your works that show that you are believing what you are saying. I often jokingly tell people, you can, be telling, you can be telling everybody that you are going to travel, but you don't collect a passport. It is possible. Right? You can be jokingly telling people that something is going to happen, but you are moving in the other direction. I remember we used to have a friend, and the friend said, ah, he said very soon I'm going to travel. Every day, this person is buying new things. And I said, what are you going to do to the things that you are buying? Ah, he said, it's good to have them. That person is still where he is. <laughs> when you have faith, you'll be like the children of Israel. The Bible says, with your shoes on your feet, you are ready that any time they call, you are gone. Not that you have all the weight. Remember the Bible says, laying aside all the weight. Right? Uh, I can tell you. When somebody like me traveled, the only asset I had was a small black and white TV and a video player. How difficult was it to get rid of that? Just give somebody. You don't need to buy it. Because my mind was made up that the day it comes, <laughs> I'm not going to wait. So, now, so you see that the Bible says, Abel did what? He offered. When you get to verse 5, it says, by faith, Enoch. What did Enoch do? He walked with God. Genesis chapter 5. The Bible says, Enoch walked with God. Walking with God is an act of faith. Are we together? I I want us to get this, please. The reason is because we claim promises, but then it seems as if the promises are not coming to pass. 
And it is because we are not putting action to our claims. Somebody told me not long ago, he says, your children shall be taught of the Lord and grace shall be their peace. I said, thank you. I said, so all the millions of people all over the world, God will teach all their children by himself. Then why are you there? Then the child might as well, as well be fatherless. So that God can teach him directly. Is it not? So when the Bible says that, the Bible is saying that God, through you, will teach your children and what great will be their peace. Action. But instead of carrying out the action, you want to pray knowledge into the children. It doesn't work. Have you not heard about good children turning bad? Yes. It is because the parents have not taken the time. Action. The Bible gives you, gives you an idea. I think it was the book of Exodus. He said, when you walk on the road, when you lie in your bed, he said, everything. He said, you teach it to your children. Every opportunity. He said, you teach it. You get to verse... You get to verse 7. He said, by faith, Noah prepared an ark. Is that an action or not? It is. He said, by faith, Abraham obeyed God. When you obey God, do you do something or not? You do. Ask Abraham. God gave him three days to change his mind. You think it is easy to be walking with your child for three days, knowing fully well that if God doesn't do something, that child is not coming back. To crown it all, Abraham told the other people when they saw the mountain, he said, stay here. Then the child will go. He said, we will come back again to you. That the, remember the sea. What is sea? Confession. Is that not what sea is? Confession. It didn't say we may come back to you. It didn't say the boy may come back to you. He said both of us we will come back to you again. Some people will say, ah, but it's being humble for me to say we may come back. And what is the other side of may? May not. He said we will come back to you. That poor old man. The son didn't make it easy for him. He said, ah, my father, you are not like this. I see the fire. I see the wood. Normally you will bring a ram. He said, where is the ram? I can imagine the man looking away. He said, this boy has no clue. He says, my son, the Lord himself will provide. Can you face your child and tell your child that? Uh, then you know you have faith. So all this one that we are shouting, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. Somebody will say that's Old Testament. I can give you New Testament. Ten lepers came to Jesus. Everybody knows the story. When they came, yeah, what can I do? He said, we want to be well. Okay, no problem. Say, so just go and show yourselves to the priest. If it was today, people would say, but nothing has happened. Why should we go? And the Bible says, as they were what? Going. Did they obey or not? Is obedience an action or not? Good. 
an action. Every single promise that requires an action will not be fulfilled without an action. I want you to know that. And so you get there, if you go all the way down, you will notice that everybody that is included in this roll call, they did something. In fact, for Abraham, they listed multiple things. In verse 8, he says he obeyed God. He went out. He sojourned in the land. And even later, they even talked about Abraham again. That Abraham, he offered up Isaac. When you get to verse 10, he says, for he looked for a city which you had, he was looking. Is looking an active thing or not? It is. True faith, I talked about that last week, verse 11. True faith, Sarah herself receives strength. And then the Bible then says something which I'm going to mention here. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the totality of the promise. You can write this one down. Any promise that God gives you personally that ends with your lifetime is probably not from God. It transcends generations. And it is not, God is not a respecter of persons. You know, I thought about it. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, right? That whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says that God sent his word not to condemn the world, but that the world may be saved through him. You remember those verses? In the lifetime of Jesus Christ, how many people became born again? How many can you count? You can't count many. In fact, one of those that was born even, was born the other way around. His name was Judas. And if anything, you think all those 5,000 that came to eat that they were born again? Where were they when the master was being crucified? If those 5,000 stood, they couldn't have crucified him. There were nowhere to be found. This one provides food. Amen. Are we together? All over the world, how many Christians do we have now? Trillions. The promise was not fulfilled in his lifetime. The promise is being fulfilled after his lifetime. The Bible says unto Abraham, you'll be the father of many nations. Yes or no? How many nations was he the father of when he died? None. But the promise is being fulfilled. That is why when God gives you a promise, just walk by it. And either you like it or not, the first part of the promise will always be fulfilled in your lifetime. Either you like it or not. And the reason is because God will always make sure that he sets things in motion with the first beneficiary of the promise. But then very soon we are going to go into 2022. My question for you is always simple. What do you need to change? Oh, God needs to change nothing. And God is not going to change anything. What do I need to change? 
What do you need to change? We can read scripture and interpret it the way we want. But when you read scripture the way God wants it interpreted, then you understand that every single person you see on this list, all of them did something in line with the word. The Bible says, by faith, the parents of Moses, by faith. Did they do something? Yes, they hid the boy. By faith, they put him by the river. And something good will happen to him. Was that by faith or not? By faith, they didn't go away. They waited, believing that somebody will get the child before the child dies. Remember I told you, it is possible for you to say, I have faith. You leave the child there, you disappear. But they waited. That no, my eyes will see this miracle. And did somebody come to pick the child or not? Somebody came. If they had found out that the one, the one that put the child there, did they stand to be punished or not? They did. Remember I told you the first thing, that faith always involves a risk. But then praying is good for your faith. And maybe one of these days I'll talk about what you pray for. You pray that God will create the opportunity. You pray that God will make you strong. You pray that God will help you. You pray that God will bring people your way. But you can't pray to hasten the promise. You are pregnant nine months is nine months. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing. But you can pray that God will give you the strength to go through the pregnancy. Are we together? So that's why I say that the more knowledge you have, the better your prayer life. You focus. And say, God, thank you for your promise. He said, with long life, I will satisfy you. Is that not what he says? But then go back. The Bible says, of all the plants and the herbs, and this, this is your eat. The Bible says, bodily exercise, they profit what? Little. At least they profit. But you are not doing it. And yet, I say, long life will satisfy me. Is it by talking? Don't worry, the gym didn't pay me. You better register in the gym. When you see that uh, when you came to Canada, you were 120, 145 pounds, which is about uh, 68 kilograms. And then you're in Canada now, you are fat and flourishing. <laughs> and as your bank account is growing, your body is growing. Uh, you better take time. <laughs> you better take time. I didn't call anybody's name. I see people looking at themselves, but I didn't call anybody's name. <laughs> Amen? Because there are things that God expects you to do for the promise to be there. Are we together? The Bible says that you will be the head and not the tail. Can God do that or not? He can do it. The Bible says that everything that you lay your hands upon to do, 
It is prosper. Doing is action. You do business, it will prosper. You do this, it will prosper. You do, but you must do something. I thank God for James. James knew that the time will come. Christians will want to do nothing. In fact, James, to me, is a prophet. Because he knew that the time will come when people will say, I have prayed about it. And so he says, that faith that is backing your prayer is only complete when you put action to it. I will end by saying this. Don't ever let your confession go against what you are doing. Because that happens a lot. People will be confessing one thing, but then they will be doing another thing. If you already know where to go, why do you need God? It is what you don't know. You know, when you read James very well, you then understand some things. He said, if any of you lacks wisdom, he said, let me pray. The word wisdom there means the ability to discern difference, the ability to know the two. He said, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him pray. And then the next thing he says, he says, a double-minded man cannot receive anything from God. You know what that means? A double-minded person is, you are talking on one side, but you are acting on the other side. I'm believing God for promotion. But when they send the internal memo that that job is open, did you apply? Is God going to apply on your behalf? Oh, I'm believing God for business, but you have never gone to the uh, opportunities in New Brunswick to find out how do you open business. Is your confession in line with your faith? Are we together? Oh, I've shared it with you. Before I, personally, I came to Canada, there was no part of the website I didn't know. In fact, I knew about Canada more than Canadians. Because there were things I was one that told them when I got here. And the man said, oh, I didn't know that. I said, yeah, don't worry. I did my own work. That is why I'm always worried that we want things we don't find out anything about it. I want to be a manager. What are the functions of a manager? Let me start practicing it before I get there. By the time you get there and make the mistakes, it's too late. But when you already know it, before you become a manager, you start asking questions. If you do this, how will it pen out? If you do that, how will it pen out? That is faith. Are we together? God promised we give you a house. Amen. Amen. How many houses have you gone out to look at? Are we together? You see, all of these things just make sense. But we prefer not to do those things because action is tough. Brethren, start doing something. I tell you what, 
Start doing something. Oh, God has given me a voice. I had a dream. Glory be to God. How many times have you sang in the choir? But God gave you a voice. (laughs) So, let us think and plan to change. Because it is only when, like I said, God will not change. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what you do. God will not change. And so if I am not receiving the promise that the Bible says we have received. In fact, I think it was John chapter 2. Mary gave us the best secret. He said, whatever it tells you to do, he said, do it. There's no other secret better from a mother that knows her child. Said, do it. Let's bow down our heads. Brendan, I've told you the kind of things you can pray for. Maybe you're the kind of person that you're always hesitant. You're always asking yourself, how will it end? You're one of those people that every day God is impringing on your heart. God is impressing on your heart what to do. But yet, every day you're asking yourself, what if it doesn't end well? Brethren, with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, if you're like that, I want you to just stand on your feet. Let's pray together. You know that the promises of God concerning you, they have been made. But you are so comfortable doing what you are doing now that you are not doing anything else. Why don't you stand so that we can pray together? We can continue to blame God, but God cannot be blamed. You can continue to say that God is not fair, but the Bible says that the same word that was preached to you was preached to others. And yet the word did them good because they mixed it with the action of their faith. Why don't you lift up your voice to heaven and say, Lord, I admit my fault. Lord, I confess and I believe and I pray that I will be delivered from wrong thinking. I will be delivered from wrong perceptions. I want you to pray very quickly this morning and say, God, I make up my mind today that my actions will go in line with my my believing from today. I will not say one thing and then believe another. I will not believe one thing and then say another. I want you to pray that the Lord will send help unto you. I want you to pray that God will create the opportunities and God will give you a relieving of the opportunities that you have lost. I want you to pray that the Lord will guide your path. I want you to pray that the Lord will make you sensitive. Oh, brethren, there are many ways you can pray concerning the promises of God. I want you to pray that the light of God will shine upon your heart. I want you to pray that God Almighty will direct you in the right direction. I want you to pray that God will send godly men unto you. Pray that God will separate you from from people that will dampen your faith. 
Pray that your senses will become sharper. Pray that in all things you will not be tired of doing good. Pray that in all things you will not be tired of acting. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you because you are faithful in all things. We thank you, Father, for your children because they have come this morning. Lord, to ask that you will have mercy concerning their past failures. I pray everlasting, Father, that every one of them will begin to turn a new leaf. In the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that the things that, the, the things that have robbed them in times past will no longer rob them again. In the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, that going forward, everything that needs to work together will begin to work together for their good. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you because you are faithful in all things. Let your name be glorified forever and ever. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen and amen.